Christmas, greetings, especially to you, my beloved friend. Welkom weer eens by die watergat. Ek is Peter Woon, ons gaan nou weer oude gewoonte, gouwe uur, saamkeier langs die levende waters van Godse woord. Man, dis amper een nieuwe jaar. Wat hou die nieuwe jaar in vir ons? Wie weet? Wel, die Heere weet. En vandagse boodskap, my times are in your hands. Before we get into today's topic, let's just pray. Father, I thank you that my times are in your hands. You're in charge. You are my provider. You are my keeper. You are my savior. You are my protector. You are my everything. I pray, Lord, that as we speak of your truth today, by your Holy Spirit, you will make it fresh, make it real to us as we stand uh, op die drumpel van a nieuwe jaar. Lord, please uh, speak to us through your word today, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, to the glory of the Father. Amen. So, my times are in your hands. Jacobus 4, vanaf 13. Kom nou, jylle wat sê, vandag of morgen sal ons na die en die stad gaan en daar een jaar deurbring en handel drijven en winst maak. Jylle wat nie eens weet wat morgen sal gebeur nie. Want hoe danig is jylle leven? Dit is toch maar een damp wat vir een kort tykie verskyn en daarna verdwijn. In plaas dat jylle sê, as die Heere wil en ons leven, dan sal ons dit of dat doen. Maar nou roem jylle in jylle groot praterij. Al sikke roem is verkeerd. In Engels, you should know better than to say today or tomorrow we will go to the city. We will do business there for a year and make a lot of money. What do you know about tomorrow? How can you be so sure about your life? It is nothing more than mist that appears for only a little while before it disappears. You should say, if the Lord lets us live, we will do these things. Yet you are stupid enough to brag, and it is wrong to be so proud. Father, thank you that you stand over your word. Uh, may it speak so clearly into our lives. So, geliefdes, we have come to the end, just about, of another year. End of December, almost on our calendars. Calendars are human inventions. For our method of counting days and months, we thank Julius Caesar and Pope Gregory who changed the Julian calendar in the 16th century. But God, however, does not wear a watch and he does not measure time like we do. 2 Peter 3 verse 8 Dear friends, don't forget that for the Lord, one day is the same as a thousand years, 
and a thousand years is the same as one day. You see, we get so used to seasons coming and going that it is like history constantly repeating itself. We become so cynical that we take tomorrow for granted, like a mark on time's wheel that forever keeps turning. But in the Bible, the years do not circle. Time moves from eternity to eternity. It's like a long straight line. And somewhere in that long passage of time, we are granted a few brief years. They are not given to us by some mechanical law. They are not given to us by some right or other. Nor do we deserve them. But they are only given by the covenantal mercies of God. And so at the end of this year, as we start the new one, we must pause for a moment to think on the grace and patience of God by which we were allowed to complete another year. 365 days received from the hand of our Heavenly Father. We've lived them out and when we went to bed, we had to give them back to the Father. I wonder how many of them have I wasted. I'm sure a lot. The psalmist David long ago became convinced that the days of his life were beyond his control. And he expressed this in this great confession in Psalm 31, 15. My times are in your hands. It's a great title for my end of year message. In our first scripture today, James the Apostle speaks to people who have not yet come to the understanding that David has come to. They were all too clever about making plans for the future. Well, COVID taught me that you can easily wake up dead tomorrow. Not even your next breath is guaranteed. And the Apostle James sorts them out very quickly. The churches James is writing to had many business owners, traders, fishermen. They were all planning their programs very carefully, leaving nothing to chance. And James tells us what is missing, what is wrong. They are behaving as if they are masters of their own fate captives, captains of their own souls, lords of their times, managers of their lives. And you know, beloved, this letter is written to Christians, even ordinary folk like ourselves, fall into this trap of thinking we have life all under control. Let's turn again to our opening scripture and break it down to learn from it. There are three huge lessons here for us. Options. Number one, we can deny this humble confession of David that our times are in the hands of God. Or we can recognize and accept it 
as a profound, a very deep truth. Or we can come into line and agree with it. So number one, we can deny this humble confession of David. Verse 13 said, You should know better than to say, Today or tomorrow we will go to the city, we will do business there for a year and make a lot of money. James is not concerned that they make in plants or even that they want to make a profit. There's nothing wrong with that. James is concerned about the false sense of security and the fact that they are presuming of looking out for their own security in their own wise plan making, in their own ability, in their own know-how. We too can very easily fall into this trap. This trap has been the besetting sin of the human race ever since Adam's fall. To live autonomously, living out of your own resources and abilities, independent from God. Like Frank Sinatra sang, I did it my way. Well, Buddha, here's a par for us for you. Genesis 3.5 For God knows that on the day you eat of that tree, your eyes will be opened and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. To be like God means to be self-sufficient. God is totally autonomous, doesn't need anyone or anything, doesn't ask anyone for anything. God created human beings that they should live in dependence on him. But in our fallen state, that is exactly what we do not want. Man rejects God because man wants to be his own God. Man wants to be God. Kom ons luister een bykie musiek en dan praat ons verder. Welcome back. Jy is nog steeds ingeskakel hier by die watergat op Unlock Radio where the truth will set you free. Ek is Peter Warren, vandag oorweeg ons dat ons tye in die Heerese hande is. Jakobus 4, 14 Jakobus waarski ons teen die arrogante illusie dat ons self die toekomst in beheer het. Ons het nie eers die volgende sekonde tot ons beskikking nie. Dit moet die ontnuchterende les wees, wanneer James hy lewe met die damp vergelijk. So'n mistigheid in die vrystaan. Vir die damp sien jy in een baie kort oomblik, maar dan het dit verdwijn, opgeloos. Daar is niks oor wat die geringste betekenis het nie. Daar is niks oor wat die geringste betekenis het nie. Dit is die implikasie van die lewe van mense van die wereld en ook van diegene 
wat beleid dat hulle aan Godse volk behoort, maar sonder om die wil van die Heere in acht te neem. Net een mistigheid wat verdwijn. As jy die wil van die Heere in acht neem, is jou leven nie een damp nie. Tenminste, wanneer jou self is een kind van God gedra, dan is jy bezig met die werke wat die Heere vir jou het, Ephesius 2.10, werke wat jou dier alle eeuwigheid sal volg, openbaring 14.13. Deer die wil van die Heere in acht te neem, sal jy nou die saad saai, waarvan jy in eeuwigheid weer die vrug sal vind. Geliefdes, ek hoop jylle neem notas van my messages. Kom ons gaan aan. Maar die leven is kort. Wanneer ons besef dat ons diensttijd so kort is, sal dit een aanmoediging wees om te doen wat goed is vir die Heere. 1 Korintheus 7, 29 So, Jacobus 4, 15 Dit is nie verkeerd om plannen te maak nie. Die punt is dat hierdie plannen gemaakt moet word dat het in ooreenstemming is met die Heere. Wanneer ons hierdie plannen maak, moet ons altyd in acht neem as die Heere wil. Vers 16 Jacobus berispe sy lezers, omdat hulle in hulle arrogantie spog. Hy sê dat dit in werkelijkheid hoogmoed is, wanneer hulle nie Godse wil in acht neem nie. Daar is geen oorweging vir onverwachte veranderinge in die planne wat gemaakt is nie. Daar is een kortsichtigheid ten opzichte van hulle eie vermoens, terwyl hulle aanvaar dat hulle beheer oor alles het, is daar blindheid ten opzichte van hulle eie beperkings en swakhede. Om in jou eie vermoens te spog, is dis om twee redes boos. Met betrekking tot jouself is dit hoogmoed, en met betrekking tot God is het een ontkenning van sy soevereniteit. Kom ons luister bykie muziek. Welcome back to the Watering Hole. I'm Peter Warren, and we are talking about our times being in the hands of the Lord. We are standing on the edge of a brand new year. Sure, only the Lord knows what awaits us. So, our second point, our second option, we can recognize and accept this as a very deep truth. If we confess, my times are in your hands, then we will make plans. If the plans don't work out, we will receive our disappointments from the hands of God. Okay, that was not the Heere's will for me for now. And if they do work out, we give Him all the glory. We need to recognize our human 
limitations. Verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Because of our limited knowledge, it is wise for us to put our life in God's hands. The wrong idea is to say, well, then I'm just going to live for today, as if there's no tomorrow. Well, living in this way ultimately leads to frustration, to boredom, and to feelings of meaninglessness. The truth is we are not the lords of time, the architects of our destiny. We do not control time. Psalm 103.15 A person's life is like grass, like a flower in the field. It flourishes, but when the hot wind blows, it disappears. And one can no longer even spot the place where it once grew. The English scholar Bede said that a man's life is as quick as an arrow being shot across a room, in one window and out the other. So then, there are two reasons to confess my times are in your hands, O God. Number one, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Proverbs 27.1 Never brag about the plans you have for tomorrow, for you don't have a clue what tomorrow may bring to you. And number two, we don't know how much longer we will live. James 4.14 says, You do not know about tomorrow. What is your life like? For you are a puff of smoke that appears for a short time and then vanishes. That phrase, puff of smoke, comes from the word meaning mist, vapor, atmosphere. We have to confront and deal with the fact that we will not live forever. There are only four possible attitudes towards death. You fear it, or you desire it, or you come to terms with it, or you ignore it. Now, ignoring it is the worst of all the options, but it is the most common. You cannot do that. If you die tonight, where will you spend eternity? With God or separated forever? from him. Your relationship with God at the moment of your death is cemented in place and stays that way forever. You are either forever with him or you are forever separated from him. So number three, we can then come into line and agree with David's confession. And we can say the same as, and believe it, and live it. Now James suggests various ways in which we can affirm this conviction 
that our times are in God's hands. Let's study them a bit closer. There are three of them. By submitting to God's will, by acknowledging that God is in charge, and by turning away from all our sinful pride. Let's take the first one. By submitting to God's will. James 4.15 You ought to say instead, If the Lord is willing, then we will live and do this or that. It's not wrong to make plans, but we should always consider if the Lord wills. There is a phrase we used to use, Deo volente, dear fear, meaning God willing. The phrase was always added to letters or announcements of future plans. The Muslims use the phrase Inshallah. Making plans to go to Corinth, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4.19, But I will come to you soon, if the Lord is willing. And you will find that in many of Paul's writings and in other places in the scripture. Let's affirm our conviction by submitting to God's will. Beig die for will, like Jesus did. In the darkness of the worst stress of his life, Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mark fourteen thirty-five, Father, if it is possible, don't let this happen to me. Father, you can do anything. Don't make me suffer by having me drink from this cup. But do what you want, not what I want. Your will, not my will, be done. Now these words must become and remain the pattern for our lives. Let us affirm our conviction also by acknowledging God's providence. Dis a groot woord. But what it means, die Heere is totaal in beheer om vir ons te sorg en, en vir ons op te pas. So, number two, by acknowledging God's providence, our provider, our sole and only provider. In verse 15, James writes, Instead you should say, Our tomorrows are in the Lord's hands. And if he is willing, we will live life to its fullest and do this or do that. You see, not only are our plans in God's hands, but our very lives as well. COVID has taught me, and I've mentioned this often, I can't even take my next breath unless God gives it to me. My heart can't even beat the next heartbeat unless the Lord says, okay. I cannot just pray in the morning, thank you, Lord, for this new day and assume I'm going to live the whole day. I have seen and I know how easy it is for a person to die and how quickly they can die. Now I pray, I've changed my tune. Now I pray, thank you, Lord, 
for waking me up. Today will be the greatest day of my life. Maak nie saak waar jy jou bevind nie. Become victorious. You see, in praying like that, now I'm really giving God something to work with. God is the giver of life. The sustainer of life. Psalm 139 speaks of a book that God has written of my life. Even before the day I was born. Well, my friend, I don't know how many pages are in my book. And I don't know what page I'm on today. And nor do you, my beloved friend. This is serious business. You can't just live life like an ostrich with your head in the sand. You can't ignore these things. They're not going to go away. Kom ons gaan nog voort met muziek en dan gesels ons verder. Welkom terug by die watergat. Ek is Peter Warren en jy is ingeskakel op Unlock Radio. We are talking about our times being in the hands of the Lord. The truth is, we live only by the grace and mercy of God. He is the giver and the sustainer of life. Have you ever thought, who keeps an atheist alive? Who keeps a Satanist alive? Not Satan. My God. My God. (laughs) The atheist doesn't even believe in God. Well, it's that God that's keeping him alive. A snarks, ne? Psalm 104, 29. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. Neshwa. So, beloved, we need to receive each day, one at a time, as a gift from the patient, loving hand of our Heavenly Father. And we need to ask for His blessing on every minute. We need to live every minute to the fullest. He will help us make every moment count and live each day to the fullest. No matter what your circumstances may be, You may be in a prison cell. You may be in a oatis. You may be in a hospital bed and you're going to be there for a long time. Come on. Find Jesus in your storm. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying by his miracle working power, he will help you do it. It's very comforting to know that the tiny stretches of my daily journey are just as important to God as the light years 
that measure the reaches of cosmic space. Not only is he the macro-god, but he is also a micro-god. The same power that is in the universe is inside the smallest atom. God is in the detail of my life. He's in the detail of your life. Look for him. Maar jy moet vannacht kyk, as jy vannacht genoeg kyk, sal jy hom uitvang, dat hy vir jou sorg. <laughs> James' third suggestion is to overcome our pride. Ons moet dit baas raak. Ons hoogmoed moet ons baas raak. In verse 16 he says, but as it is, you boast about your arrogant plans. All such boasting is evil. Well, the Greek word for bragging or boasting is the same word for windbag. Now, here's the Afrikaans word, windgat. Hi, excuse. But this die word. This is the word. So, James reprimands his readers for boasting in their arrogance. He is saying that it is in fact pride, wachmut, when they do not take God's will into consideration. There is no consideration for unexpected change in the plans that have been made. There is a short-sightedness regarding their own capacities and abilities while assuming to have control over everything there is blindness as to their own limitations and weaknesses boasting in your own abilities is therefore evil for two reasons with regard to yourself it is pride and with regard to God it is a denial of his sovereignty. The Greeks also use the word Hebrus for pride. This sin of Hebrus was always punished by the gods of the old Greek mythology. Hebrus, they said, drove people to insane excesses of pride and insolence, cheek. Then, in turn, the old Greek god Nemesis brought down the punishment of heaven upon the arrogant. That's where we get the saying, you will meet your Nemesis. You can follow, Buddha. Pride always comes before a fall. This has always been the story of the human race. It's bad news. C.S. Lewis, the writer, writes that when he turned from atheism to Christ, he began to examine his thoughts and his attitudes. He admitted to a friend that pride was the sin that kept tripping him up. He said the following, I have found out ludicrous 
lachbare and terrible things about my own character. And will you believe it? Every one, one out of every three thoughts is a thought of self-admiration. There seems to be no end to it. I am an instrument strung to be played, but preferring to play itself because it thinks it knows the tune better than the musician. I'm sure we can all identify with C.S. Lewis, but by God's grace, we can turn away from and overcome our sinful pride, and we can learn to live humbly before God, confessing, Lord, my times are in your hands. You see, jy hoef jou nie klein te maak voor die Heere. Jy is klein voor die Heere. We just need to realize it. So, as we reflect on our life, our Christian life, in this year that has now run its course, we must confess that we have often felt secure in ourselves. Often we have made plans and decisions without praying or praying but not listening for God's answers to our prayers. Often we have acted independently from God. So often we forget our human limitations or we forget that our lives are over so quickly and we are just living for today and not living with eternity in mind. Let us today then when we come to pray, let us confess our many failures. Let us confess that we follow too much the desires of our heart. Let us commit ourselves to God and you and submit our will to God's will for 2024. We want to repudiate and boss rock all sinful pride, all sinful arrogance and put our trust in the loving providence of our God that he is large and in charge, and we are not. And now, beloved, all that remains is for me to wish you and yours a powerful 2024, living one day at a time, each day as a gift from God, full of purpose full of joy and full of power. Shine in your light where you can, being salt and being light. May you bring honor to his name every day. May you do his will every day. And may you extend his kingdom every day. May Almighty God richly bless you and yours as you live 
for him. Now as we come to pray, I want to encourage you again. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how badly this message has pointed out your flaws. Join the club, man. I come for myself, but just there where you're at. Be real with God. Be honest with Him. If you honestly call out to Him and invite Him in to come and help you, He will. He will reach out. He'll meet you where you're at and He will help you as you are. But beloved, you need to invite Him in and you need to allow Him in. Do not fight with Him. Don't make excuses. Don't rationalize. Don't vip. You need to hear carefully everything He tells you to do. And you need to obey it 100% straight away. The challenge is, do you believe that if you pray honestly and seriously now, this one little prayer time can change your life? Well, it's true. You can't change your past, but you can start here where you are and change your future. Make a life-changing decision right here, right now. Invite the Lord in. Ask Him to help you to receive what He says and to do what He tells you. But more than anything, beloved, thank Him for what He is going to do after today's prayer. I remind you, as I always do, Jy is vir oorwinning ontwerp, maar hier is dinge wat jy moet baas raak, met sy help. You are not designed to be a throwaway kid, to be a weggooi mens. You are not designed to be defeated by the devil, man. You are designed for victory. God would not put you through the refining fire if you were not worth refining. Jy het a waarde wat skrik vir niks. Kom ons luister nog muziek, dan gaan ons bid. Now, Father, as we come to pray, I ask you to allow your Holy Spirit to rest upon us. Your peace that is beyond our understanding. Show us what we need to see and are not seeing. Tell us what we need to hear and are not hearing. Holy Spirit, please come. And take the wheel now. Take charge. Take charge. And now my friend, maybe you've heard this message on times in the hands of God. They're either in God's hands or the devil's hands. They're never in your hands. But you can make a decision today.
Maybe you don't understand much of what I have said. Miskin voel jy net in jou hart, jou leven is nie recht met die Heere, en jy wil recht maak. And that's fine. Jy kan die proces vandag begin. Het is a proces. Now there are no recipes for this. Daar is nie a formula nie. So ek gaan nie woorde in jou mond sit nie. But you're going to have to talk to Jesus about your life. You can, bijvoorbeeld for him, say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again. I believe you coming to fetch your spotless bride. Well, I want to be part of that bride. And so, Jesus, will you come and forgive me all my wrongdoing? Sonless, soos hulle bekend staan. Even as I forgive all those who have sinned against me, who have done me wrong. Ek maak myself los daarvan, Heere, en ek maak hulle los daarvan. I leave them in your hands, Jesus. You deal with them. I'm asking that you will heal my heart today from what they said and what they did. And Lord, I ask that you forgive me where I've accused you of doing wrong when you've never done any wrong at all. Please forgive me. By faith now, I ask you to come into my life as my Savior, as my King, as my Saligmaker, as my Redder, as my Redding. Please come and save me today. I want to be born again this very day by the Spirit of God. I ask you to lift off of me now all the burdens, all the weights I've been carrying of my sins. And I thank you now. By faith, I receive my salvation and my washing clean in the blood of Jesus. By faith, I receive my adoption into the family of God as a child of God. And I thank you for that. Lord, would you please, would you please begin to connect me to the right people that can lead me further down this road? Will you enable me to be strong in this decision and to follow through? And will you disconnect me from the wrong people? Thank you now, Jesus. Amen. That's it. Well done, man. That's the start of the process. Now for the rest of us, you need to respond. We all need to respond. Our times are in his hands. These things that are said in the last message, are we making plans without praying, without listening for his strategy and advice? Are we feeling we can do it our way? Do we forget our human limitations? Do we forget 
that we will not live forever and we find ourselves living just for today instead of living with eternity in our mind. Will you join me as we commit ourselves fresh to God today and submit our will to Him? Let's turn away from pride and arrogance and trust in Him again. Let's just pray. Father, we need your help. We desperately need your help. This world we live in tends to make us want to live independent, separate from you, in charge of our own lives. But we are not, Lord. We want to surrender willingly to the leadership of your Holy Spirit, to the leadership of you, our Father, to the leadership of Jesus, to the words of your Bible. We ask you to strengthen us, refresh us, take away the junk of last year and fill us afresh, Lord, that we may bring honor to your name that we may do your will, that we may extend your kingdom as we live each day, one at a time, to its fullest, blooming where we are planted. In Jesus' name now, we thank you, Father, and by faith we receive now this help that we prayed for. Thank you, Lord. To you be the glory. Amen, amen, and amen. Das is geliefde fluit fluit my story is uit. Dankie weer eens vir die keier. Be richly blessed until we meet again. Speed one wat groot. Sterkte daar. And remember, the last chapter of your life has not been written yet. God bless you as you write it.